for the evening talk is learning to take responsibility. Just recently I had a telephone call from a friend whose friend and family were in quite some degree of distress. And the circumstances of this situation was not uh, um, unusual. And if we look at uh, our world, we hear and see and read about the countless numbers of people who at the present time are unemployed. And the percentage in Britain is minimum 13.5%, which are the figures given out by the government, which has massaged the figures for several years. And it probably works out at one in six or one in seven of the population of this country have no work. And now mind gets rather, I think, dull to the reality of this for families, for people, for single people, for couples. Then one hears of a, a situation and one circumstance which touches one and brings to light the injustice of it all. And this is what happened for myself with regard to this conversation that I had. A young man had been to a school, college and university and had tried for more than two years in South London to secure a job reasonably compatible with his education and his qualifications. And he had applied for literally hundreds of jobs, scoured the newspapers with all his might, written off all the letters and phone calls, had been round to the various various offices and so forth without success. And part he drew was felt due to the fact that when he even got to the interview stage, he failed to make a strong impression. Then he finally secured a job and he was on probation, as it were, with this uh, job for six months and it was to travel around as a representative of this company visiting other companies in some capacity or other. And with all the pressure that went with it and of course all the anxiety about whether he would be able to keep this job having struggled so hard to get one, within a month of taking up the position he had a nervous breakdown and was in the mental hospital. 
And on hearing this and the, the sadness of the, and the, of the situation, of the circumstances of this young man, it brought to my mind how easily we sometimes develop either an imperviousness to all of this or certain comfort within ourselves with regard to how fortunate and blessed we might be. And it seems to me that our horizons in our relationship to life and the world has to be one in which we explore personally and uh, socially and possibly politically what it means to take responsibility for all that which is taking place. And this seems to be a very large undertaking because it's hard enough as it is to be able to take responsibility for the state of our own lives, let alone for the, for the lives of ourselves and our immediate loved ones and our friends, let alone for our society, let alone for the whole of the planet. And I wonder if it's possible for us to actually develop and grow as a human being in which our consciousness itself as it were evolves to that capacity total responsibility Now, one of the things which we see, and as someone pointed out to me today in the, uh, one of the uh, meetings, there is a growing feeling, and a very understandable one, that we have very little control, not only over our own lives, but very little control over life and circumstances itself. And this means that there is an ongoing undermining of ourselves and our position and our relationship to life in part due to the way we have been treated from the world round and in part due to the way we view situations and ourselves in which, to quite some degree, we've internalised the view that we can't do anything, that we are powerless, that we are unable to take responsibility in its full and total sense. And when, when, when that happens, and it's an, a psychological and emotional ex feeling or experience, when that happens, the mind, that is, we've under, we're undermined, we can't take responsibility, when that happens, 
it seems to me that one of two things happen in our relationship to life. On the one hand, we believe it and therefore we, we withdraw from responsibility and we try to find the easiest and most comfortable and most non-oppressive situation to live in. Or, when we're overwhelmed by the circumstances, we pass over the responsibility. We hand over responsibility to others. Generally, this gets expressed in one of two areas. One is politically. We leave it in the hand of our so-called leaders. And we see an increasing degree not of decentralization and democratic principles and power to the people in the real sense, but what we, what we see increasingly in all spheres of the political wings, an increasing of power which is in the hands of the few, and people, one wouldn't say necessarily um, content in that way, but willing to leave it there. And of course there are the people, the groups and the, who are willing to take it and abuse it. So one, one mode is through the, politi the political mode. And when there is alienation from life, from those with such power, and we have let that occur, when there is that alienation, Life itself, human life and creature, environmental life, must get abused because it's no longer actively and really being felt. And when human beings feel life, then can come another way of taking responsibility. And the other way, when the political, as it were, the temporal world, is um, unsatisfactory, then the way of passing over responsibility is in religion. And religion becomes the means for having, as it were, an ideology which it basically comes to state you have no control over your life, you can't take responsibility for it and therefore you hand it over, sometimes to a charismatic religious figure who was on the earth, sometimes to a book, sometimes to that which is called God. And once again it's that expression of the feeling emerging of having no real control over one's life and having to support that feeling through some ideology, political or religious. And it seems to be necessary for us, as it were, almost to take life in both hands and to see how as human beings, we do that. 
and do that too will willingly and as it were take life back take the responsibility back and see where that can lead now one of the things which is um, I appreciate in uh, um, therapy contemporary psychotherapy which um, I feel has a the healthy aspect, a very healthy aspect um, to it is that it gives a real encouragement um, towards telling people directly or indirectly um, the, the need and the necessity and the urgency to take responsibility for one's life and for all that is happening in it and potentially psychotherapy which is as it were uh, is becoming a certain force within society um, potentially has to has the possibility of being a, a real social force for change in society if used imaginatively in which it contributes to our taking responsibility in a wider sphere, shall we say, than what is, if I may use a generalisation, what is generally conceived of, in which it generally includes taking responsibility for one's own mind, one's own speech, one's own body, and what one is doing with one's life. Very important. But important insofar as it's the door to something further. Now this taking <coughs> of responsibility for, uh, for ourselves and for life is a very major undertaking. And in looking at it as an undertaking, and as I've mentioned um, previously, therefore we become aware of our motivations and intentions, we become aware of the actions we engage in, we become aware of the results which emerge out of those actions and take responsibility for, for that whole movement, that within the, within the context of, of that, at times we experience the difficulty of the responsibility. And so frequently when we hear the word responsibility it brings up for many people an immediate reaction and this perhaps in, in saying to take it put in this uh, social uh, context for those of us who the young people would say um, would be regarded as uh, um, products of the 60s which isn't a compliment I should add <laughs> um, those of us who would be regarded as a product of the 60s and the uh, hippie uh, movement it was a way a very important uh, way of expressing our protest against the expectations and the responsibilities which we were told we had to assume 
if we were to be upright people in our society, if we were to live with responsibility. And so, long hair, lentil soup and sandals, and the regular joint, and the flower, as it were, became actual and symbols of saying, we don't want that responsibility that you, the society, you, our parents, you, our educators, have been and are imposing upon us. And with it, of course, because there wasn't often for many of us the maturity or the stability there, it meant that in that movement away, there was a certain kind of idealism as well. Love, peace, harmony, and all those wonderful ethereal metaphysical ideas which get repeated. And in that movement away, that old form of responsibility was as it were, pursuing life rather exclusively, frequently, from a standpoint of success in the conventional mode. And therefore, the maintaining <coughs> of continuity of self-interest. So to take responsibility was to be successful in the accepted mode, and in that, self-interest was prime. The shift, the, the, sorry, the, that kind of emphasis means that frequently around the word responsibility goes a feeling of pressure. And when we have pressure in whatever we do, frequently the reaction to the pressure is not wanting to take the responsibility, not wanting to have this responsibility. So some people, through manipulation, or through skill, or cooperation, or whatever, as it were, move up the ladder in life, find themselves experiencing more responsibility, and the very concept and the work indulged creates a pressure, and in that pressure there's responsibility, there's pressure, there's anxiety, there's stress, there's frustration, there's fear of failure, and the mind can't cope with that responsibility. And in any kind of work, in any kind of act activity which is connected, generally speaking, with other people in some way or other, when responsibility has become pressure, the mind has barely any choices about what it's going to do. It's basically fight, in struggle with life, with others, to maintain one's position, or flight. Wanting to get out of. And therefore, if we can look at responsibility in another way, altogether, and for convenience sake, I like to divide the word up, to hyphenate it, basically, response-ability. The ability to respond to situations fully and totally.
And we might say, therefore, that with working on ourselves, how is that going to take place? It requires, obviously, a lot of self-observation. A lot of real working on oneself. And it may be, for some, that a period of time is necessary to be rather exclusively focused in that way. In which we sense, to some degree or other, that within the context of our own life, we can and we are taking responsibility for it. For how we are, for what's happening. And the indication of that is that there is some degree within us of a certain kind of freedom. The very fact of having a choice, is, as an example, is to some degree is that there is some sense of freedom within ourselves to be able to choose what we want to do, to be able to follow it through, and, and we are taking and, ma and making ourselves responsible for that. And this is a very important aspect of responsibility, that with it is freedom, a certain freedom. That doesn't mean to say that we're <coughs> free from agitation and restlessness and irritation and fear and uh, agitation or whatever, but we can sense to some degree within ourselves that we are free and we are free to some degree to choose and to follow it through. And that sometimes gets paraphrased rather simplistically, I would say, in contemporary therapy, when, in, when you hear the statement, um, uh, you create your own world. Not true in a deeper sense, but it, it in, in a way is a, a summary of that kind of position. But what happens in any movement of our, an evolution of our life, there may be the freedom, there may be the responsibility and the acknowledgement to accompany our situation, and one can, as it were, just rest with that. And the world is constantly touching um, upon us, about taking responsibility for this and for that, and there's some point, I would say, within ourselves when the movement of responsibility from the inner life and the personal life must grow. It must expand itself to the same responsibility, responsibility with regard to what's happening immediately around us. It doesn't have to be a, uh, a pressure there. It doesn't have to be the feeling of I am responsible for everything he or she does. I am responsibility, responsible for their successes or for their failures or, or whatever. That's all tied up with reactiveness. But it's, a re but it's the ability to see, it's the ability to 
care for. It's the ability, with responsibility, with responsibility to know what self-forgetfulness means. Now, sometimes that kind of movement and opening out can seem like a, a kind of religious idealism again. It can, it can seem like some kind of um, ethical behaviour or a way which one ought to be. One should forget oneself and just be concerned with others. But when people deny themselves uh, in, inwardly and, and, and just exclusively focused outwardly, general, generally and frequently, the person ends up either sick, miserable, or withdraws and says, forget it. So the responsibility is not such that it gets exaggerated and one becomes a pillar of purity and self-forgetfulness and doing lovely things for others morning, noon and night until one ends up nuts. You know. But rather one keeps the balance between one's own capacities and knowing oneself and one's capabilities and with that knowing others, their suffering particularly. And in that, in a way, in a very real way, we have to grow into that. And it's got nothing to do with idealism. It's got nothing whatsoever to do with setting up models. It's got to do with awareness. It's got to do with looking at life and the very realities of it. And if one takes that evolution, as is sometimes done religiously or from parents or from the system or whatever, takes it as an, as an idealism in any way, it will be completely self-defeating. Because one sets up an ideal of how I should be and who of us can ever, ever match up to how we want to be? Who can, in all honesty, say, well, I am just as I want to be? You know, we let the gurus do that. And the politicians. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> you know, and and just and if we do, we actually undermine ourselves and we reinforce the feelings of failure, <coughs> inability, cannot do, the sense of lack of control over our our life, and thus we're back to square one of seeking what's the easiest in life or passing over responsibility to others. So, it, so such evolution must truly, uh, as clearly as possible, be free from any kind of I idealism and looking at our relationship to life.
Now, one of the things which we do, and we do incessantly, at the personal level and every other other level, is that when we view life, and we're having difficulty with responsibility, from the personal to the totality of, of things, If we're not handing it over in a kind of uh, conscious way, in one way or another, what we tend to do is to put and point the blame elsewhere. And whenever there's a breakdown in communication and a breakdown in events and disjointedness in some form or other, we find it frequently difficult to acknowledge our part in the circumstances. We either go to one extreme, it's all his, her, their fault, or frequently we go to the other extreme, it's obviously all my fault. I'm, it's always me. I always fuck things up. I always do this, etc. Excuse the uh, expletive. And their mind moves between one and between the other. <coughs> and it's hard to imagine the circumstances where it is exclu <coughs> exclusively one way. And th therefore, taking responsibility, as I say, requires essentially for that awareness, it requires a real self-knowledge, of the part that we play, and it requires other knowledge as well. So that we're not caught in the bind of either pointing the accusing finger at somebody else to avoid responsibility, or pointing the finger back at ourselves to use it as a weapon to undermine ourselves and hinder <coughs> us from building and establishing responsibility. And we, we can do this again and again and again and again. We have to ask ourselves, well, how long am I going to continue in this mode, in this con conditioned pattern of finger-pointing? So in our relationship to life and, and in our, our relationship to uh, ourselves. The, the, the element of the self-knowledge, I can't overemphasize this, the element of the self-knowledge is, is essential. It's to know in very realistic terms what we can do, what we are capable of. When we don't know, when we don't know ourselves, we get perverted, distorted views of ourselves. We either, we fall into extremes again. We either go the extreme of undermining ourselves, or we fall into the extreme of over-exaggerating what we can do. And in either, either way, it works out painful for ourselves and for others.
Now, sometimes I've noticed, I may say, and perhaps I could relate it to a personal example. After, when I was um, a monk, the Vipassana uh, uh, teacher, Ajahn Damodaro, um, was very keen. I'd been a, I hadn't been a monk very long at that time, about three years or so but was very keen for me to, uh, to teach, to teach uh, Vipassana. And he had discussed the um, idea of uh, myself um, setting up a center, a monastery in uh, Thailand um, just for Westerners to come to practice and some lay people had in fact offered land and a, a disused uh, temple uh, not a few hours on the train out of Bangkok and I was approached with this uh, idea and uh, I re refused it, dismissed it, just straight, straight, straight out of hand and so sometimes there's a situation where a person who knows one, knows oneself reasonably well, feels that that person is ready to take responsibility for something. And one knows oneself well enough that one is unable to do so, for whatever uh, reasons there. And it's essential, I would say, that one listens to oneself, primarily. And then sometimes it works quite the other way round insofar as a person may have some feelings oh I couldn't do this I I couldn't teach this I couldn't help people in this way etc etc and another person who knows one fairly well in particular ways feels that that one can and gives the uh, generates the confidence and the enthusiasm and the interest and it touches a place of trust and confidence within that person and in, in touching that place that person grows into that field, into that work, into that response, responsibility because they have the assurance of a support and a stable figure or, or a good friend close at hand who knows the skill, knows the work, and gives the encouragement there. And so sometimes in our relationship to taking responsibility, though one might say there's the primary emphasis on oneself, yet it must be accompanied with listening to other, to another. Hearing their perception. And particularly when it's in the area of skills, someone who has the same skills, rather than listening to one's mother, <laughs> unless she has the same skills, who says to you, oh, you can be anything you want to be. You can be prime minister. Who on earth would want to be prime minister? You can be prime minister or whatever it might be. <coughs> so this kind of rapport and, uh, and mutual awareness and sensitivity means that both from outside or within ourselves this responsibility can be
be taken and one has to see and acknowledge in making these steps that the taking of responsibility for others and all that is, Im that is implied in that frequently means going through a stage of change or development in ourselves which we come, as it were, out of the old posture of self-responsibility into a new one of self-other responsibility and that transition can be a difficult period. Because there isn't perhaps the confidence there. And there isn't the, the certainty. And when there isn't the confidence and the certainty within that transition, that uncertainty, that lack of confidence or whatever, will get communicated. And one would think, oh, you know, these people are not really sure, you know, about me, etc., etc. And, and all of us, you know, we're from the butterflies in the stomach, you know, to the, to the sweaty armpits, etc., etc., have gone through the phases, you know, from self to self-other responsibility. Now this sense and this perception of the expansion and, and the opening up means that though this process may be happening, if again we are reasonably clear within it and reasonably clear within the roles that we are participating in, it won't violate the freedom. It won't deny one's freedom. And frequently I hear, I mean, hear from good, good friends, good people of practice, and people who have a great deal of freedom in life. One of the fears, and understandable fears which arises, is at the present time I have a great deal of freedom in my life. And it's reasonably carefree, so to speak. I'm mobile, I'm active, I can choose the way of life that I choose. I feel this, feel this freedom of being here, of, of being there, being in relationship, being out of relationship. Certain sense of that, with all the difficulties of that may be present. And one is concerned that by becoming involved with all the commitments that go to being involved in other people's lives or environment or whatever, and this freedom somehow will get jeopardized. And thus there is often a resistance to going into a structure, into a form, into a school of training, into a, a discipline of lively, particular livelihood or whatever. But I would say, if the responsibility is there, if there is some sense of freedom in one's life is present, the self-other relationship doesn't in any way jeopardize that basic freedom. It doesn't have the capacity within it to nullify it. Nothing whatever does. And so in our opening up to, to life and finding this important balance here of freedom and uh, Re responsibility 
It's learning and developing the capacities in life to be in touch with the nature of things and all that's implied in that in this world yet it's not at the expense of what is true and vital and our practices and our meditations and the stabilizing of the mind the learning to take responsibility the being really here and now and grounded with the f with the fact of, of the moment all of that it belongs to and is part of the process of freedom with awareness freedom with everything And in that, responsibility has no charge for us, no, no threat to us, no feeling of burden or pressure. It's simply seeing the fact and responding ably to it. And in that, there's much joy and satisfaction in life, much ongoing challenge and the peculiarity of this and in a way the marvel of all of this is that that relationship that very basic relationship of consciousness to the world under, undergoes a kind of change undergoes a change insofar as often we think god the problems of the world are so monstrously large and so almost insoluble and, and so on and so forth that when we get it that balance right and that sense of responsibility, the world you know, and, the, and the planet and the life of the planet is there in consciousness. I don't want to exaggerate it the other way and say that the world seems very small and the consciousness rather effortlessly accommodates it. But rather the relationship between the two gets its balance, gets its true harmony of consciousness with the world and in true harmony there one isn't daunted by circumstances of life and is no longer overwhelmed by it all one no longer feels the situation is impossible one no longer feels depressed by life circumstances one no longer feels pressurized the relationship of consciousness to the world has is as it is in the very real and deeper sense of that and there's that energy which accompanies that consciousness and that's responsibility is effortless without pressure. And out of that, love flows, compassion flows, commitment flows, freedom abounds.
May all beings be in touch with themselves. May all beings be in touch with life. May all beings abide expansively. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.